Welcome to On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to Kevin Noon as part of our series on the WBC. Kevin Noon is the general secretary for the organization. A little bit of news first, if you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram, mattlucasbkk, or email me at a.mattlucas at gmail.com. Thanks to everyone that supported me so far, sharing the podcast, leaving reviews. If you'd like to leave a review that would be super helpful, you can do so on the iTunes store. Also, I want to personally thank a few people, Vinny Scotto, Patrick Rivera, Dave Brooks, Sean Madden, Waddell, Galano, and Chris Tran for helping me out recently when I broke my camera. Um, I was able to put out a video on Andy Housen recently. Andy is going to one championship where he will fight Josh Tana. So Andy coming back from retirement, a real ring veteran from the UK. It's going to be a great bout. Uh, So it was really exciting for me to profile him. I hope to do more behind the fight series uh, at some point soon. Hopefully I'm going to have about one per month. I think I have something lined up for next month, but nothing confirmed yet. Uh, The big news for me personally and for hopefully all of you is that I've published a book um, on fighting in Thailand, a guide to the sport in the motherland. Uh, After years of hard work studying and being in the game, I've decided to publish basically an encyclopedia on Muay Thai. Uh, The guide goes over scoring, matchmaking, picking a gym, fight styles, gambling, culture, and more. Uh, It has a series of interviews with long-term expat fighters, including Savas, uh, Michael Savas, Willie Whipple, Angela Chang, and others. Um, The book helps educate and helps guide careers to help fighters save themselves from costly mistakes. Um, definitely go out and get it. You can get it as an ebook or print copy off of Amazon. Uh, just type in I'm Fighting in Thailand. You can also get a copy off of um, my website, matt-lucas.com. Uh, thanks also to my sponsors, Nakmoy Legends, for their continued support of the show. They create some great Muay Thai apparel with portions of the proceeds going back to the legends they celebrate. All the superstars have been paid for their images as well. Check out their gear at www.nakmoylegends.com. That's N-A-K-M-U-A-Y-L-E-G-E-N-D-S. Uh, use I'm Fighting to get 15% off your order. They will be coming out with a St. Tunoisor room writ, uh t-shirt soon. So he's been signed, and the St. Tunoi team has been doing very, very well. They recently had um, Gong Chai, one of the fighters out of St. Tunoi's, uh win the Raja Demner title at 115 pounds. It was a big upset. Um, so that happened just this week. Um, also, personal thanks you to Patrick Rivera for helping get the show started. He's having a Muay Thai business summit in San Diego uh, later this month in February. 
Um, I'm going to attend it. I'm super excited about it. I highly suggest that if you're listening to this podcast, you consider going or you look into the Muay Thai business community on Facebook. It's a great group uh, for business advice and growth. Uh, I'll be doing a talk on publicity while I'm out there. Finally, um, I just want people to know that this is a sponsored podcast by the WBC. While this uh, piece is a sponsored podcast, uh, the subsequent pieces on the WBC, I believe, will not be. Uh, I plan on doing a series on the Federation and personally looking forward to going to their conference in mid-March. Um, so a little bit about our guest today, Kevin Noon, who is the secretary... General Secretary again for the WBC. Uh, Kevin has had ring experience himself. He's been uh, out here in Thailand for a long time working in media. Um, he fought on the Kiep, uh Pet Shows way back when. Uh, he also runs CM Fight News. But most importantly, like I've said a few times, he's the General Secretary for the WBC uh, Muay Thai and has been really pushing the sport and federation for the last year or two. Uh, the organization has expanded with representatives around the world like Sai Neji from Rebellion Muay Thai in Australia, probably the best promotion in the country down under, um, and Chris Tran from Warriors Cup in America, uh, which anyone in America is familiar with Chris Tran, very, very credible. Um, the WBC is also working with Kieran Kettle, who we had on the show. We did a a series on promotion. Kieran has uh, some WBC Canadian belts now, so definitely growing the sport there. Um, so it's Kevin and the WBC Muay Thai are doing great things for the sport. I'm very happy and very excited for them. Um, so without further ado, our interview with Kevin Noon. Thank you so much, uh, Secretary General Kevin Nunes, for coming on the show today. Can you just give us a little bit of a rundown on the history of the WBC Muay Thai? Because it has a long history, of course, with boxing. For sure. Uh, 2001, former WBC World Boxing Council President Jose Suleiman visited Thailand uh, to visit General Kovit Baktiboom, who's the president of the WBC Muay Thai. But at the time, he was a vice president of the World Boxing Council. And Jose Suleiman was afforded a 45-minute meeting in Hua Hin at the palace with the king, the mm. late king, Rama Naim. And during that meeting, the king asked him how could he help support and promote Muay Thai around the world. So after the meeting, they, both of them went away, uh, COVID, Mr. Co General COVID and Jose. And in 2004, they agreed to form the WBC Muay Thai. So about 15, 16 years now. 16 years, exactly. But it's been in the last two years that we've seen a big push in the WBC Muay Thai internationally. I know you've, uh, the organization has set up a shop in Australia, America, Brazil, uh, Russia, around the world. Uh, why is that? What is being done with the federation at this point? We're active in 49 countries right now. In, uh 2017, I took over the day-to-day uh, -day running, even though Patrick Cusick was still the Secretary General, the day-to-day -day running of the organization was taken over in 2017 by me. 
I became Secretary General in 2019. But I, we decided to build the whole growth on the brand recognition mm -hmm. and, for want of a better word, my connections in sport through my uh, media and my connections of all the gyms I've been associated with all, all over the years around the world. So we decided to, uh, to grow it, to grow it from Thailand and using the recognition of the, the green and gold belt mm -hmm. uh, to build it to, to what it is now. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that can't see, which is all of you, there's a nice map of the world uh, in the WBC office with stickers attached to each country where the WBC has an office and uh, the agent or representative. So it's a pretty impressive map. It's definitely a good look. Um, so why do you feel the WCBC is such uh, an important federation and why is it important to the sport? Um, there was a vacuum in the last few years with professional Muay Thai outside of Thailand. You had no reputable organizations promoting the organization, promoting the sport on a global scale that were not doing it out of their own self-interest. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I took over the WBC, I decided to make it more about the fighters and their stories. The Yusef Bouganems, these superstars within the sport, to give them a platform to win and to afford them an opportunity to win a green and gold belt. Take for example Michael Sabas, mm -hmm. just came back from a potential career-ending injury, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he's back on top of the world again, and one of the most searchable fighters now on, on Google, on Facebook, on every social media platform because he just won a WBC world title. Mm -hmm. He wasn't handed that belt, he earned it. Yeah. That fight contract was already signed before the Laird Silla fight. Oh. So that's why we honored the fight mm. for, with, with, between him and Denham Paul. Mm -hmm. That fight contract was already agreed, uh, signed, sealed and delivered before the unfortunate incident on one championship with uh, Laird Silla. Yeah, he broke his elbow and he was out for three months or so, right? I think uh, longer than longer that. Longer than yeah, that. And he went back home to do some rehabilitation. Yeah, and yeah it was an impressive uh, performance by him as well. He won in the fourth round, I believe. And, and now, the most fascinating part about it, uh, I saw the scorecards afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, he was losing. He, he was losing. He, lo he lost rounds two and three. Mm -hmm. And in the corner between three and four, uh, Boat Pechindi, the, the boss of the gym, told him, if you don't, literally, <laughs> if you don't turn up the volume here, you're going to lose this fight. Man. And he came out like a man possessed. It was incredible to watch. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to see him. He's been out here for a long, long time as well. Um, so, of course, you are doing international Muay Thai. Uh, what are the rules of it, and does it differ from uh, the stadiums or some of the other shows out here? That's an interesting question. Up until about four months ago, the WBC, for the past 14, 15 years, we've had our own set of rules. Mm -hmm. We were loosely following the sports authority rule set, but we had adapted it because the WBC boxing, we had to incorporate some of their rules, such as the clash of heads, intentional, accidental, deducting two points. For example, if you and I are fighting, you're in the red corner, I'm in the blue corner, in the middle of the second round, you headbutt me. Mm -hmm. I get a gash on my head, mm -hmm. the fight can continue, you're deducted two points. Mm. Like a foul. Like a foul. Mm -hmm. If it's an accidental clash of heads, the uncut boxer is deducted a point. Mm. That's a WBC boxing rule. Now, that rule in boxing is fantastic because a boxer is fighting either 10 rounds or 12 rounds. If it's a world title fight, 12. Mm. Uh, regional fights, 10. 
if that happens in the second round in a boxing fight in a Muay Thai fight no in a boxing oh, yeah, fight okay. you've got eight more rounds to, yeah, yeah, to make back the points yeah, it's but not, in Muay Thai it's only five rounds yeah a two point deduction it's game over yeah. unless you get a KO mm -hmm. so we've, uh, we've we, we decided to rescind that rule four months ago now we've completely cut out the uh, two point deduction it's only one point and okay. if it's an accidental we've there's no point deduction yeah, just at all. a warning of some sort just a warning um, also, going back to the Sports Authority of Thailand, we've just recently come to an agreement with them where we're now officially registered and recognized by the Sports Authority of Thailand. So we have to follow all of the rules. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, misguided uh, knowledge about the whole rule system in Thailand. The Sports Authority of Thailand, they are the ones who set the rules for the entire professional Muay Thai scoring system. Rajadam Nen, Lumpini, Amnoi, Channel 7, all of these stadiums, they have to follow. Now, there are different deviants of the way the judges at Lumpini and Rajadamnan and Channel 7 score the fights. For example, when I go to Hong Kong to work at WBC Muay Thai World Title Fight, I'll bring ring officials with me, a referee mm -hmm. and three judges. One of the judges might be from Channel 7, one from Amnoi, one from Lumpini, and the referee from Channel 7. Those three judges have different perspectives on how scoring the fight mm -hmm. because they work at different stadiums and mm -hmm. they look at things differently. For example, at Channel 7, there's a 50,000 baht bonus for a first round KO. Yeah. People don't know about that, but there's, uh, the rules, the set, the way they adapt to the rules are different, but the rule system is all the same. Mm. So to uh, answer your question, as of December 2019, we're completely following the sports authority rules globally the only difference is we are having a one-point deduction for an intentional headbutt foul, and we are no kicking to the groin. Oh, that's whereas a good in, one. Whereas in Thailand, yeah, it's, you can openly kick. <laughs> it's, it's legal, but it's not very sporting, of course. No, 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 no it's not very sporting, but it's still legal. That's yeah. the key word there. But we've banned that. I, I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, so you've been working with the uh, SAT for a while, the Sports Authority of Thailand. Um, I know, or having gone to a few of the WBC bouts, I know the weigh-in process is a little different as well. Usually it's a day before, correct? It depends on the promotion. If it's international, if it's outside of Thailand, then yes, uh, the weigh-in must take place between 24 to 36 hours before the bout. 24 to 36 hours. Before the bout, mm -hmm. but then it's, it's always the day before. Mm -hmm. um, in Thailand, we are at the mercy of the promoters. Mm -hmm. So uh, generally, for example, uh, we will have the, the weigh-in on the morning of the fight. For example, the, uh, uh, the, the Michael Savas Denan Po fight, that weigh-in was the same day. Mm. The uh, Louis Kajaiba Chad Collins world title fight was the same day weigh-in. Oh, no, that was day before. Yeah, yeah, because the promoter was prestige fight. Right. The promoter was, was a French fun. promoter who came in, and he had no. You see, it's all about costings too. Mm -hmm. So, for example, that actually I met you that day at the weigh-in. Yeah. The stadium medical team had to be paid extra money. Mm. So the the Thai promoters they don't budget for that. Mm. So we have to deviate from our own rules on certain occasions and allow same day weigh-ins. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, you know, same day weigh-ins versus day before, it's it's always very interesting to see how it plays out in the fight. Of course, day of weigh-ins are much more difficult on the fighters, and, you know, it's a lot more pressure. Absolutely. Um, it, you know, day before weigh-ins affords a lot of safety for the fighters, but also, you know, they can balloon up sometimes, which 
We've seen it. <laughs> yeah. You, um, does the WBC do uh, weight check-ins? Like be, you know, so for WBC boxing, we have a 30-day weigh-in, check-in, mm. 14 and 7. Uh, WBC Muay Thai, we're, we're starting to implement that now, mm-hmm. but only seven days. Just to, because we had a, uh, a couple of years ago, a very good fighter from France, Elias uh, Mahmoudi. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was scheduled to fight for the WBC featherweight world title fight at Lumpini Stadium on John Charles Skarboski's show. Mm-hmm. And the day before the weigh-in, sorry, the day before the event, the weigh-ins were held at Skarboski's gym here in Bangkok. Uh-huh. And he was 0.2 of a, of a pound over mm-hmm. weight. And he refused to cut any more weight. Oh. We, I don't blame him. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he was mentally yeah. and physically drained. Mm-hmm. Had we have been monitoring his weight, seven, 14 or 30 days before, we could have had more knowledge on that. Mm-hmm. Another example of it was a very, very uh, poor decision by a, uh, a Canadian fighter last year, Anthony Sipolek, mm-hmm. and he was due to fight Hamza Ngoto for mm. our WBC super middleweight world title in upstate New York. Mm. He came to the weigh-in, I believe, six and a half kilograms overweight. Six and a half kilos? Um, Don't quote me on the exact number. Yeah, 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 it was something similar to six, six points over. Over, over, yeah. over one kilo is yeah. way too much. So, uh, to cut a long story short, that was a uh, crazy debacle. The event was can- sorry. The event went on. The main event was cancelled. We had flew over our head of oh, ring officials man. from Thailand to be the supervisor. Hans and Goto didn't get paid. Oh, it was man. a. He, he went to New York. God, it was that's super far from him too he's uh he's in france france yeah but there's a silver lining we uh normally a wbc muay thai world champion must defend within six months mm-hmm. of winning and then they have a grace period of 60 days after that six months so a total of eight months mm-hmm. hamza def- won the belt initially in uh, august 2018 against mm-hmm. uh tong chai mm-hmm. at where he landed a beautiful spear elbow mm-hmm. in the uh, second round for a ko We've, uh, because of what happened in New York, we gave uh, an extension to Hamza and we gave a commitment to him because of what happened. So he's actually defending his belt next month on Phuket Island against oh, yeah. uh, a really tough Russian boy, mm-hmm. Salim Khan. <laughs> Is he the one that recently fought uh, Yatsen Klein? One? No, oh, no, no, no. But Salim Khan's a big hitting, mm-hmm. uh, smart boxer, fighting out of Revolution Gym on Phuket mm-hmm. Island, Tim Fisher's gym. And uh, they're preparing for Hamza. They've yeah. got a couple of big uh, Eastern Bloc guys who are six <laughs> six, training oh, wow. with him day in day out, trying to replicate Hamza's height. Yeah, that's not easy to do though. Yeah, I've seen Hamza perform at max uh, on the tournament series. Very very difficult to fight because of his height, and he's got good technique. You know, I definitely understand why he is both. He's a WBC champ. Oh yeah, he's like a dog of war. I was at the fight last March in Dublin where he fought Toby Smith mm-hmm. on the line fight event, and it was the fight of the year for me. It mm-hmm. was incredible. The, uh, it was a five-round war. I, I, uh, Scott Kent and those guys are doing themselves an injustice by not releasing that fight. Yeah. It's incredible. You can't see it anywhere. It's, mm-hmm. it, it was a mouth-watering fight. And even Toby said afterwards, I just couldn't break him. Yeah. The guy was just incredible. 
So um, there's a couple different levels of champions with the WBC. There's inter there's uh, national, sure, international and world. Yeah. Can you just uh, sort of run through the differences? I guess I understand the difference between national and you know international, mm -hmm. but what is the difference between the international and world? The uh, actually in Australia we have state championships as well mm -hmm. so that's yeah. the lowest tier and then national of course the international titles are for fighters who are ranked so we have our world rankings mm -hmm. we have 18 weight divisions from minimum weight all the way up to super heavyweight mm -hmm. each division has 20 fighters ranked in that division mm -hmm. to qualify for a world title you must be ranked in the top 10 no exceptions okay the only exception is when a champion who has already had his first defense his second defense, it's called a voluntary defense. Mm -hmm. He can select anyone from the top 15. Mm -hmm. That's per WBC boxing rules, so we follow that. Mm -hmm. For example, um, Yusef Bouganim had the second defense of his world title back in November, and he fought the number 13 ranked Tobias Alexander. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, the international title is, is for boxers ranked 11 to 20. Okay. So uh, one through ten world championship uh, status yes, or uh, eligibility uh, eleven to 15, twenty twenty is international. International, but a boxer in the top ten, if there is a suitable opponent, we don't want a mismatch. We have a mismatch prevention program. Mm -hmm. Whereas the number two ranked fighter who's a, you know solidified his rankings. We're not going to match him, allow a promoter to match him against number 20 yeah. for the international title. Mm -hmm. If there's a good matchup, someone in the top 10 versus someone in 11 to 20 for the international belt, we will allow it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, definitely having mismatches isn't good. Um, so you mentioned uh, how often the fighters defend their belt. Why do you feel the belt de defenses are important? solidifies your position as the mm -hmm. champion I know I keep talk, bringing him up but he's a superstar and he's one of our proudest WBC champions all of our champions are proud WBC champs but you look at Yusef Bouganim mm -hmm. his tenacity and his want and willingness to continue to defend his belt against anyone and everyone is quite incredible and he said I'm the champion yes I'm not going to sit on the belt mm -hmm. I want to offer this belt to every and any challenger so he's by doing that he's showing his uh, his uh, how, first of all how proud he is as a WBC world champion and he's showing that a champion has to be active if a champion's not active and willing to defend it why be the champion yeah. in the first place yeah I definitely feel like uh, I remember talking to someone I think it was on the topic who said like if you don't defend your belt you're not a real champion. Absolutely. I, I definitely think that's true. And I definitely feel like the legitimacy of a belt only occurs through continual defenses. And it's a legacy of the belt of that course. matters. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, so can you run us through some of the recent uh, fights that the WBC has put on? Um, I know we talked a little bit about the Louis Kajaba, Chad Collins for the diamond belt. Um, and then that was for the, uh, the world. World. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't the diamond. Sorry. Man. Sorry. Yeah. It's all right. It's okay. Um, that was my fault. Um, so, and then Michael Savas versus Denapal. Can you just run us through sort of the how things sort of happen with one of these bouts? Um, 
when we're doing the rankings every month, so how we do that, we have our, we have our world rankings. Mm -hmm. And once a month, we have a committee of nine members who meet here at the WBC office. And mm -hmm. we, all nine members are, in their own right, very knowledgeable men of the sport. We selected a very good committee. Um, we have all the journalists from yeah, the stadium. I we was going to say that. Yai, Champ, Nui, mm -hmm. and Poptorn. They're the four main journalists. They're the, there are other journalists at the stadium, but these guys are the... Uh, almanacs of the sport of Muay Thai. They, they're the ones with the connections. They're the guys who do the commentary. They're the guys the promoters and the gym owners call to do the interviews to give the inside tips. Mm -hmm. So we got the four of them on board, uh, myself, and we have a couple of uh, Royal Thai Army colonels who come and help us. They're fans of the sport. So we meet once a month. But the process just is not that day. The process is the other 30 or 31 days mm -hmm. or 29 days, whatever it is of the month, where I'm tracking results from Thailand. I'm tracking results from Sweden, mm -hmm. from England, from Australia. Now, this is the power of social media. Yeah. Five years ago, it was much more difficult to do that. <laughs> now it's so much easier because I have a system set up mm -hmm. on, uh, on my phone and my computer where I log and track all of these results, the fighters, and I use... Uh, the guys in the UK are fantastic right now. Uh, the fight, fight record. record. Yeah. Amazing, fantastic uh, uh, concept that they're doing right now and very, very worthwhile uh, fight record. And not just them, but there's many, many different resources I use around. The, so to answer your question, we're tracked, for example, Sean Clancy. This is a okay. perfect yeah. example of what we're talking about. He's the current WBC super lightweight world champion. Mm -hmm. He won an international belt. He won the world title fight. Mm -hmm. The world title fight was against uh, Alessandro Sara, Sara. In, mm -hmm. in Cork, Ireland last was, July. Oh, last July. July? Yes, July 2019. Mm -hmm. um, Sean's opponent, his upcoming opponent, Jordan Gottfriedson. He's mm -hmm. a perfect example of how this happens. So uh, he's working a lot with Sai, our, yeah, yeah, our, yeah. our mutual friend in Rebellion Promotions in Melbourne. Sai has been backing or not backing, but putting Jordan on his shows continuously, mm -hmm. building him up, became the national champion, got into the world rankings, started off at number 20, got another two wins, went from 20 to 15 to 11, and then he had a very big win against Denapal. Yeah. Knocking him out in the last round. In the last round. Yeah, that was good. And got that win got him his spot in the top 10. Mm -hmm. The minute he was in the top 10 and it was publicized, we were contacted by a promoter in Western Australia, Domination Promotions, uh, Blair Smith mm -hmm. and Darren Kurovich, with the help of Sai. Mm -hmm. And they put in a request for the world title defense, Clancy versus Jordan Gottfriedson. That's a good one too. As soon as we receive that documentation, we have a committee of three people who will review it, myself and two other members. Mm -hmm. Each one will review it independently. We look at the last five results of the opponent. Obviously, the champion, we don't need to. Mm -hmm. He's the champion. So he's entitled to a defense. Mm -hmm. But if it's not voluntary, then it has to be someone in the top 10. Mm -hmm. So Jordan was, uh, got into the rankings at number eight. If, I'm, uh, if I stand corrected, I'm, I'm happy to be so. Mm -hmm. All three members of the committee approved it. It then goes to the championship committee, which there's myself and another member. Mm -hmm. And then we, we're the... Second final authorization. Once mm -hmm. we sign off on that, it goes to the WBC Muay Thai president, General COVID. He sits down with me as secretary general, and he asks me the review from the initial three, mm -hmm. the initial, then the second two, and then he gives the final sanction. Mm -hmm. 
So it's a process. Yeah. It's not as simple as picking up the phone. I want this world title fight. Yeah, of course. Here you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, comes back to your question of legitimacy. Mm-hmm. That adds to the legitimacy of the organization of the belt and as the structure of the WBC Muay Thai. And so, uh, so the fight with uh, Denopal where uh, Jordan Godfredson won, that was uh, one month ago, a month and a half? That was in November. November. On, on Rebellion. Yeah, yeah. late November. Correct? Late November. Okay, so, and then uh, he's slated to fight Sean Clancy now. March 14th. Sorry, March 20th. March 20th. In Perth. So it's a, it does take some time to set this up. Um, you, that's what uh, four or five months basically no so so we don't this is another policy we have we will not sanction a world title fight longer than eight to nine weeks away mm-hmm. simply because in that meantime uh, someone can happen. happen someone can get injured the fighter could take another fight lose and then we our credibility goes into the ocean mm. um, the Jordan Godfredson Sean Clancy fight is actually still not 100% sanctioned even oh. though we've had, we have given them verbal agreement please uh, our president has given them verbal agreement mm. to promote it the official sanctioning letter will go out on um, the 20th of uh, 20, 28th of January okay so what you said uh, 8 weeks out from between 8 to 10 weeks yeah, eight maximum, to ten maximum. Weeks. maximum yeah so and then in that 8 to 10 weeks um, can uh, Jordan or Sean cannot fight. They can, but they should. They have to fight one pound above the weight division. Uh-huh. If they fight, for example, if they fight, so the world title fights at super lightweight, 140 mm-hmm. pounds. Okay. If they fight at 139 and get knocked out, world title fights off. Mm. If they fight at 141, get knocked out, lose by points, that's mm-hmm. their. It won't affect. The world title fight because it's uh, within the weight within category. the weight division. Uh-huh. For example, as you know, here in Thailand, uh, if you're the, if you're the champion at Rajadam, then mm-hmm. at any weight. Let, let's take a great example. Last year, uh, Chalawan from Atichai Gym, mm-hmm. he was the Rajadam champion at bantamweight, 118 pounds. Mm-hmm. While being the Rajadam champion, he fought at Omnoy for the bantamweight championship at Omnoy. Mm-hmm. He lost by KO. Mm-hmm. So not only did he lose the chance to become Omnoid champion, he was automatically stripped of his Raja belt. Because he lost by KO, or TKO, it was actually a KO, mm-hmm. in or under the weight that he's the champion. Mm. That's the rules here in Thailand. Same for Channel 7. That's set by the sports authority, and all stadiums have to follow that rule. Yeah, that's a good rule. It's a fantastic it, you rule. Know, it, yeah. So it, the WBC follow that as well. Mm-hmm. We follow that rule. Yeah, it, again, it adds that legitimacy to the belt. Mm. Um, so, but I guess in terms of a little bit of the sort of day-to-day procedures for about, what is that like? Um, what does the WBC do on hand or like at the event itself? So we will, <clears throat> depending where the fight is, if the fight's overseas, we will appoint a fight supervisor and we will have some input on the ring officials. Mm-hmm. For example, um, last November I was in Perth for the Muay Thai Grand Prix Australia show, mm-hmm. which is hosted by uh, Gavin Fuller. Mm-hmm. We had a WBC international super bantamweight female title fight between uh, the British fighter, <coughs> excuse me, um, 
Iman Barlow. Iman Barlow yeah. and uh, the Australian fighter Brooke Farrell. Mm -hmm. My role as a supervisor is at the weigh-in, I'm observing both fighters make weight. I record that. Mm -hmm. Once the weigh-in is over, I hold a rules meeting. Mm -hmm. Because both of those girls were very experienced, the rules meeting was short and sweet. But you have to make sure that all fighters understand the apl applicable rules of the fight, WBC rules. We have a, a complete rundown of all championship rules. On the day of the event, my role is to, before the event, sit down with the ring officials. Mm -hmm. They're all very, this particular event, they're all highly experienced ring officials who I've worked with in the past. So it was a very seamless procedure to sit down and talk about the rules, uh, the duty of care. Mm -hmm. Duty of care of the referee is the most essential part. He's got, he's got, people need to understand. For example, I got, I got uh, attacked recently on social media for I put a comment on social media about um, a certain individual who was a referee on a certain event, mm -hmm. which we won't name. And I said uh, he needs to learn his duty of care as a referee. Mm -hmm. And I got uh, private messages, please delete that, Kevin. That's not my... Okay. I wrote the truth. I didn't mm -hmm. say anything wrong. I didn't say anything bad. The referee's duty of care is essential. He mm -hmm. has the people's boxers' lives in his hands. Yeah. Everyone makes mistakes, but an experienced ring official should not make mistakes like that individual made. Mm, yeah. it, it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of responsibility. One of the reasons why I am not a referee. You know, I am not in there because it is a lot of responsibility. Um, so you... Uh, I know also you, uh, the WBC has done some scoring seminars as well uh, for Kieran Kettle Show. Um, Nat, or you all set up a scoring seminar beforehand to sort of uh, train the judges, correct? Um, what, what do you do to set that up? What is that process like? We are the head of our ring officials, uh, Dr. Tawut Plum Samran. He's a, been with the WBC for over 35 years. He's the head of the WBC Boxing in Asia ring officials and the WBC Muay Thai ring officials globally. He's also one of the head judges and head referees at Channel 7 Stadium. Mm -hmm. He's been working there for the same length he's been with the WBC. He and I sit down once a month and we go through the fights that have happened, the mistakes that were made, the things we can improve on, uh, the rule system, scoring system. We host seminars, ring official seminars globally. Mm -hmm. In Thailand as well. Mm -hmm. um, those seminars are usually the f usually two days. So day one will be about refereeing, about fouls, about knockdowns, about the duty of care, about the responsibilities, about how to handle yourself, both physical uh, demonstrations and theory. Day two is normally about judging, about understanding the 10-point must system, about understanding the intricacies of scoring in Muay Thai, um, uh, uh, the understanding of the techniques of the boxers, how to score. Like, it's a complete fallacy who people who say that a, a punch will score the same as a beautifully executed body kick mm -hmm. or a beautifully executed knee like um, Nung Rang Lek, now the, the man of the moment in the stadiums, yeah. the way he breaks down the fighters right now. It's all about the competency of the judge as well. Mm -hmm. your, 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 your competency as a judge, you cannot have any emotion you got to delete everything. you got to be so subjective. Mm -hmm. So objective. Yes, objective. Yeah, so you got to take subjectivity <laughs> out of it. Out, out. Yes, no emotion at all. You have no yeah. choice. Yeah, it's definitely a difficult job as well because, you know, you have so, so much going on. Again, another job where 
I don't think I would take it on because it's a lot of responsibility. Um, but of course, talking about the seminars, we you are having a seminar soon along with the first uh, WBC conference uh, here in March, uh, March 14th to 16th. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that, why you decide to have it out here, and why have a conference in the first place? The, the, the brainchild of this upcoming convention is of um, WBC Muay Thai Executive Secretary Colonel Tanapon Baktiboom. He's the son of WBC Muay Thai President General Kovid Baktiboom. Uh, Colonel Tanapon is um, he's a military man. He loves detail and he loves planning. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. Man <laughs> after my own heart. <laughs> when we were in Cancun uh, last year for the WBC Boxing Convention, mm -hmm. we had a sit down with WBC President Mauricio Suleiman and both of them agreed it would be a great time to have a, the first ever WBC Muay Thai convention. Mm -hmm. And we all said, why not? And of course, you can't do it anywhere else, only the home of Muay Thai. Yeah. So we, a lot of work and a lot of planning is going into us. We have a very small staff, skeleton-like staff. Uh, March 14 to 16 at the Aitani Plaza Hotel in Central Bangkok. It's close to everything, close to the public transport systems, close to all the nightclubs, close to all the restaurants. Yeah. The, the smile on Matt's face there <laughs> when I said the nightclubs. And the restaurants, the restaurants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've lived um, in Bangkok enough. I know the nightclubs, I know, I the know, restaurants. I know. And, uh, and now you live in Sin City, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, where were we? Uh, so why you decided I'm joking. To, that, was yeah. a, that was a dig at our friend Rob Cox. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, why you decide to have the conference in the first place and what you think um, your goals for it are and what you hope to accomplish. Uh, the goal is simply to bring Muay Thai aficionados fans, lovers, fighters, lovers of the sport, fighters, promoters, bring everyone together for one weekend mm -hmm. and give them a spectacle, give them knowledge, give them education, give them a reason to uh, go home and say, wow, how good was that fight at Lumpini Stadium? Mm -hmm. How good were those fights? Like the, the lineup for our convention it's fights. It's very good. It's quite incredible I think yeah, you're being a bit good. unkind with the word good there <laughs> but no it's, it's the as long as the fight card touch wood stays together um, we'll, we'll get to that in a second but the convention it's all about knowledge giving mm -hmm. I mean the, the, the two day seminar is being taught by three fantastically smart and knowledgeable people mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Tawood head of ring officials Mr. Nokwin from the United yep. States and Mr. Panu who's the new generation mm -hmm. all Key word, the key phrase here is that they're all fluent English speakers. Mm -hmm. There will be no misrepresentation of uh, lexicon or terminology. No. Everyone will get a, an education on, if you're an aspiring ring official, or in fact, you're an experienced ring official, whether or not you're part of the WBC, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Every single person is welcome at this convention. Mm -hmm. We don't care what organization you're from. No one uh, owns the sport of Muay Thai. Muay Thai belongs to everyone. It's from the kingdom of Thailand, and now it's global. Mm -hmm. This sport is belonging to everyone. It's in our blood. It's in our veins. We all love it. Everyone's welcome. Come to Bangkok, March 14 to 16. You get a fantastic package. You get to watch five, three WBC Muay Thai world title fights, one WBC Muay Thai international title fight, and a WBC Asia boxing at Lumpini Stadium. Mm. You get a two-day convention. 
uh, seminar and then of course you get the gala dinner the award show you get to meet the stars uh, Wan Heng Miniotin will be here mm -hmm. Sri Saul Rung Visai Samar all the big uh, ones and we're inducting we're having you, our first Hall, Hall of, of fame. fame I was about to ask about that so uh, what is that going to be like uh, what sort of the plans for it we're inducting 15 fighters into the first ever Hall of Fame mm -hmm. um, the reason for this actually I got asked this by my predecessor last week Patrick Cusick and I guess he was asking me what was the purpose of it and I gave him a straight answer it's to uh, to show the WBC Muay Thai cares mm -hmm. we haven't forgotten about these fighters mm -hmm. they're long retired two of them are, are, have passed on rest in peace uh, mm -hmm. Ginte Verde and Shane Del Rosario mm -hmm. a compatriot of yours yeah. and the, by introducing the WBC Muay Thai Hall of Fame it gives them a, a, a reason to say thank you to the WBC and thank you to the fans and the, and, and the, the committee that selected them to become an inductee into the WBC Muay Thai Hall of Fame and so, is how was the selection process for the Hall of Fame made? Um, is it different weights? Is it uh, different periods? Or what was that selection period like? So, after a process? lot of consultation, we, we initially, uh, I have to be honest, we were going to select uh, champions that are still active. Mm -hmm. But from a lot of feedback, not by, uh, through social media, mm -hmm. from internal people inside the WBC, we decided in the end the fighters must be retired, mm -hmm. so, which is actually the proper way yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah, fair. That makes fair. sense. It's, I absolutely agree. And the selection process, now, unfortunately, not every former WBC Muay Thai world champion will get inducted into the first class, the class of 2020. Mm -hmm. We selected the following. Nathan Corbett. Oh, he's good. Definitely good. Steve pick. McKinnon. Mm -hmm. Artem Levine. Mm-hmm. Steve Wakeling, Lam Songkram Chuwatana, mm -hmm. Kem Sitsong Pinong, Saget Dao Pet Payatai, Anuat Kausamrit, Ruth Ashdown, Julie Kitchen, Miriam Nakamoto, the late Shane Del Rosario, Kauklai, Tiana Caverly, Ginte Verde, rest in peace. 15 fighters, 15 former world champions, all going to be inducted into the WBC Muay Thai Hall of Fame, all going to get a special one-off WBC medal, Hall of Fame medal, which will be sent to them. Obviously, not all of them will be able to come to Bangkok for the convention. Yeah, so um, over the three-day period, we have the gala on Friday. No, so Friday the 13th, all the people just arriving yeah, okay. in Bangkok. Then Saturday is a boxing seminar? No, Saturday morning from 10 to 12, we have the opening ceremony. Okay. It's going to be a spectacle and a celebration of Thai and Muay Thai culture mm -hmm. with shows, uh, speeches. In the afternoon, we have the General Assembly from 2 to 4, which will be a time where people will be afforded an opportunity, representatives from around the world, WBC reps, to talk about their activities in the regions, to ask questions will be an open forum and then <clears throat> excuse me Saturday evening will be the gala dinner um, a celebration of Thai food mm -hmm. and the annual I like that I love that <laughs> as you can see <laughs> off air you guys can see um, celebration of the Thai food but also the WBC Muay Thai Global Awards and mm -hmm. the WBC Asia Boxing Awards mm -hmm. and then Sunday Sunday all day 
two rooms, one room WBC Muay Thai seminar, mm -hmm. ring official seminar and workshop, and the other room WBC boxing. And we're bringing two, the two leaders in boxing education from the States to teach the boxing seminar, mm -hmm. Mr. Hubert Min and Mr. Frank Garza. Mm. That'll be super interesting. That's a really good opportunity for people, both on the Muay Thai side and the boxing Absolutely. side. You know, Absolutely. I, you know, I don't know much about boxing that much, to be honest. And uh, but I still I feel like I haven't seen that many boxing scoring seminars available. Um, so I think that's a really good opportunity. Fascinating, fascinating opportunity. And 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 as I said, two of the most eminent teachers mm -hmm. of judging, Mr. Hubert Min. He's the head of the WBC Boxing Ring Officials Committee, and Frank Garza, one of the most recognizable and uh, knowledgeable referees for world boxing. And then um, also that Sunday evening, we're going to Lumpini Stadium. It's the Lumpini Stadium fight. Yes. Um, can you uh, you mentioned uh, the different belts? You said three world titles, three one, world title one fights, one international and one boxing fight as well. Can, six fights in total. Six fights in total. Can you run us through the card? All of these fights are headliners. Yeah. There is no main event. They're mm -hmm. all main events yeah. in their own right. Yusef Bouganem defends his WBC middleweight world title against Thailand so Sokrao Petjindi. That will be a good one. Yes, sir. Lumpini champ versus the WBC champ. Yadwi Cha will challenge Satan Fa for mm -hmm. the super welterweight world title fight. Mm -hmm. Now, there's an added twist to this. To get this fight done, which was very complex and difficult, we had to agree to a rematch clause mm -hmm. for either either. Mm. They're fighting on February 23rd on Phuket Island for yeah. this belt. Mm. So if you if Satanfa retains the belt, Yadwicha gets the immediate rematch on our convention. Yeah. If Yadwicha wins the belt on Phuket, Satanfa gets the immediate rematch. Oh, that's super interesting. We've that never may, done this before. Yeah, yeah, that's super interesting because. There, it's pretty tightly, you know, the schedule is tight, but the fighters can learn pretty fast from the first fight. Absolutely. You know, so if Yadwicha loses, you know, via knees or something like that, he can adjust his game very, very quickly uh, for this bout in March. There is a clause in, in the contract as well that if either fighter gets knocked out, they cannot contest we have all already a stand-in replacement mm. for either either to face against a new opponent on March 15th. The most, for me, the most intriguing fight. Oh, I event. like this one. I can see it on the... Luis Kejaiba yeah. defending his belt against City Chai. Yeah. The, the talk of the town, literally, this fight. Yeah. City Chai making two stories here. Making his return to the stadiums after a two-year hiatus. Mm -hmm. uh, global superstar, thanks to his uh, big uh, escapades on the um, promotion in Europe. And Sidichai returning, challenging for the welterweight fight uh, title. Now, you got to remember, Sidichai has been fighting its super welterweight mm -hmm. for the last two years. So it's going to be a big, very interesting to see how, first of all, he cuts the weight. Mm. Sitsang Pinang have assured us weight cutting will be no problem. Yeah. That's a fascinating fight. Kajaiba, the monster from Phuket yeah. Fight Club against uh, Sidichai Sitsang Pinang. And then another fascinating fight. Oh, let's go to Capitan, <laughs> formerly Dieselek. Mm -hmm. He is uh, going to, we just announced him yesterday mm -hmm. on the card, he's going to fight for the vacant WBC Muay Thai International Super Welterweight fight title against a yet unnamed opponent. Mm -hmm. We're talking to two guys from the top 20, 
We'll see how it goes. See how that pans out. Mm -hmm. And then another uh, interesting encounter, Kulab Dam. Mm -hmm. Sorge Jorpiek Utai, a fan favourite in Thailand and internationally, uh, fighting Shamawak Tong for the first ever WBC Super Lightweight Thailand Mm. Championship. And then one boxing fight. Apichet Petmani, the current WBC Asia lightweight champion, will defend his belt against a really tough opponent from China, Si Cha Gao, for the WBC uh, Asia lightweight championship. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six title fights, three WBC Muay Thai world title fights, one WBC Muay Thai international, and the first ever WBC Muay Thai Thailand championship. Six big fights, one night, Lumpini Stadium, Sunday, March 15th. Yeah, that is quite the lineup. You said it. Um, and so, obviously, you're doing tons and tons of stuff uh, with the conference, uh, with pushing the sport internationally. You're also doing a fair amount uh, here nationally. You have the WBC Youth Cares Program. Can you talk about that for a minute? Absolutely. Uh, it was, it's, again, we, we use the word brainchild of a 15-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Colonel Tanapon's daughter, uh, my colleague at WB, here in the WBC, his daughter was doing a project last year in school and she noticed how her dad was becoming more and more involved in the Muay Thai industry. Um, and she was asking questions about uh, what do the kids do when, when, you know, with schooling and cost of education when they're fighting and how active are they, do they go to school every day? And he, they, they took on a research project and they found out, as you and I both know, when a fighter is an elite fighter, they're pretty much taken from their villages mm-hmm. and they're brought to the big gyms in Bangkok. Now, in, in fairness, 99.9% of the gyms here will make, they ha- it's compulsory they go to school yeah. until uh, Mossam, Matayong 3, which is grade nine. Yeah. Grade nine in, in, in the US or uh, ninth uh, class in, in the UK or Ireland. Um, but, so what they did was they went to Isan, the Northeast, and they f- went to a couple of gyms at the start and they, re- and they saw the um, destitute. Mm-hmm. Some of these kids don't have shoes. Some of these kids mm-hmm. were, don't have uh, proper training equipment. So she decided to tap into her dad's business friends. Her dad's a successful businessman as well as being a military man. And they decided to set up this foundation called the WBC Muay Thai Youth Cares mm-hmm. Program. Donate gym equipment to gyms in the Northeast and the South, rural Thailand give scholarships to students mm-hmm. to make sure that they're able to attend school. A lot of these kids that we talked to, and we brought them down to Bangkok for a uh, press conference, they don't go to school, not because they don't want to go to school, they go, don't go to school because they have to go out and work mm-hmm. to feed their siblings, to feed their grandparents. Mm-hmm. So it's a fantastic initiative by a 15-year-old girl, and it's just it has mushroomed now. She is, they had a uh, WBC Muay Thai Youth Cares program internationally as well, in Japan, uh, in to- uh, Tokyo, Paris, and Moscow. Mm. The Thai embassies, which have been fantastic and spreading it, not just in Thailand, but globally. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I know uh, I learned about the Youth Cares program through social media, so I guess just to wrap things up, I want to know about your thoughts and how the WBC is using social media to sort of change and influence the sport. Because, uh, like I said before, I've I heard about the Youth Cares program through social media. You've also mentioned how it's helped sort of 
help you organize the fighters and where everyone is. Um, so could you just talk a little bit about that? Social media is an incredible tool now, but you, you have to utilize all aspects of social media. You have to and utilize it in a positive way. Mm -hmm. um, don't post anything negative on social media. Don't get drawn into any tit-for-tat arguments on social media with any other organizations. Keep it about the fighters. Keep it about the sport. Promote the sport. Promote the championships. Promote the culture. Use all the platforms wisely. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Mm -hmm. Complement it with articles on your website. Then reach out to external media. The, the platforms such as your own platforms, mm -hmm. Siam Fight News, whatever platforms there are, and, and uh, use those platforms to promote your brand. Mm -hmm. But make it about the fighters, make it about the sport, don't make it about the individuals behind the sport, mm. make it about the fighters. Well, uh, that about wraps things up for me. Was there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about? Not that I can think of, just to reiterate, uh, everyone is welcome at the WBC Muay Thai Convention, March 14 to 16. Uh, two days of seminars, a night of championship fights, gathering of fans, aficionados, everyone is welcome. Uh, final note, the sport of Muay Thai is not owned by any one organization. Every organization who promotes the sport has a right to promote the sport. And uh, that's it. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. So that was a great interview with Kevin Noon. I really thought it was interesting the way that the WBC does uh, scorings and rankings. Sometimes those sort of things, you just see them on websites, you don't know the process behind them. And so seeing the sort of group come together, uh, I know a lot of the journalists and other people in the WBC ranking committee, um, guys like uh, Moy from um, Champ Magazine, they're always at the fights, they know what's going on, they have their pulse on the wrist of Muay Thai out here um, and abroad so it's really good to get some clarity I also thought like some of the rules about when and how a champion should defend their title uh, were really good um, you know a belt is only as good as the defenses um, if you're not defending your belt it's not it's just a piece of paper there's nothing real behind it there's no uh, applicable oh my god i can't even say it. it's so hard um there's no real credentials behind that belt uh i think that hap it happens a lot in america people get belts you know it's awesome getting belts but if you're not defending them it's just you know a, it's a participation award um you know there's nothing wrong with participating but for me, it's not a real belt. Um, so that about wrap things up. As always, uh, you can reach. Thank you so much to for to Kevin Noon for coming on the show today. Um, if you can reach, if you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram at lucasbkk or email me at a period matt period lucas at gmail .com. The WBC has a very very active. 
um, Instagram as well, which you can reach. Their name is WBC Muay Thai. So you can see all of the latest information on that. They recently inducted the Hall of Fame, which is very, very credentialed. Um, and so thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people.